we are live. Hello and welcome, Gista family. My name is Melissa Kretschler. I am your host of Gista Live TV, or giving you something to talk about live TV. Today we're going to be talking about accountability, and well, who doesn't need to learn about accountability? Um, so we're going to be discussing how to keep yourself from self-sabotage, holding yourself accountable, as well as what to do or what it means when you're called out, because we do, we, we, we get called out all the time. Um, today's episode is sponsored by Melissa Kirkpatrick Business Coach, which also happens to be our guest today. She's offering you her number one secret to growing to five figures organically and her three strategies to achieve it. And that's monthly, not yearly, monthly, because, well, five, five figures yearly is, is not enough. It's not enough. We got stuff to buy. All right, for anybody watching or catching the replay, please like, follow, and share the show on your social media platforms. As well, you can sign up for our newsletter at distalivetv.com. If you would like to be a guest of the show or if you would like to see a topic featured, absolutely, please reach out to us. We are always looking for the topics that you want to hear about on distalivetv.com because we are trying to build a community of inclusivity, diversity, and of course, talking about the things that people just don't want to talk about, like being held accountable. So I'm going to hand it over to my guest co-host today, who is none other than Melissa Kirkpatrick. So please, <laughs> Melissa, introduce yourself. Well, thank you for Melissa. Thank you, Melissa. Melissa's power here. Melissa, Melissa, <laughs> for um, inviting and allowing me to be a part of this uh, TV show, because I think what you're doing is incredible. I have been on the training ground for many years, and it all started out as a life coach that was on the golf course. And from the golf course experience, the life coaching on and off the course became my signature program of find your own drive. And so since that time, I've no longer in the golf course business and I'm supporting women um, on their journey and it can be in their business, their life, their relationships, because I believe how you do one thing is how you do all things. And so as a business coach, I help with those things such as mindset, accountability, strategic planning, and then just getting out of your own damn way, because oftentimes that's really the problem. So I work with individuals one-on-one -on -one, in groups. I do a lot of uh, corporate trainings as well as live in-person motivational speaking and keynote speaking. Very nice. We do get in our own way. And I, for anybody watching, I'm going to explain that for a second. So I'm just sharing the episode while I'm talking. So please, you know, because we want you all to watch. Um, one of the things that happened today, and, and I messaged Melissa about two hours ago, and I'm like, I just took some medication. I'm feeling really nauseous. I, I was doing a mini episode this morning and I absolutely I had to cover my mouth because I was just, I thought I was going to be ill during the mini episode. And I messaged her just like, no, <laughs> I can't reschedule today. And I'm like, I never do that. I have such strong boundaries for the show. I don't reschedule I'm very hard up. If you cancel or reschedule last minute, I'm like, no, I'm livid, right? Because you leave me, you leave me stranded. And so I wasn't trying to reschedule. I was trying to push it just like another hour or another two hours, but if Melissa didn't have time. So I'm like, well, let's hope it kicks in, right? Let's hope the medication kicks in. As you can see, it does, which unfortunately does make me tired. So if I'm a little bit um, hyper or a little bit slower today, that would be why is because I'm, I'm slightly medicated and tired. Um, but it is holding yourself accountable. I have expectations of other people when it comes to my show, right? Because the show is, is part of my business and I have those expectations. So I need to hold myself just as accountable for those expectations as I hold everybody else. And luckily, again, the medication did work. But I had, you know, just preemptively said, you know, I'm really not feeling good, but <laughs> fingers crossed that it all works out. But it is holding yourself accountable. And it's not just holding yourself accountable in business, in its relationships, its friendships, it's holding yourself accountable to yourself. And I think that is the most important one is holding yourself accountable to yourself. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I, I love that you messaged me that because oftentimes just like technology will foul up when we go to do something live and we're like, oh my gosh, and I always lead it to there's just so much good messaging coming through that we try to self-sabotage ourselves in a way 
um, not knowing that, but I just sent back to you that we'll just, you know, manifest that you'll feel better by this time that we get on this call. And, and obviously it, you know, I sent you energy of feeling better and being able to do this because the importance of, like you said, the accountability showing up for yourself, um, the self-sabotaging is probably the, the number one thing that we do, how we get invited to go do something and we say yes. And then an hour before we cancel, or we say, we're going to start our exercise routine the next day. And we wake up and we go, well, maybe tomorrow, or I'm not going to hit the snooze again. I'm going to get right out of bed. And then your three snoozes in. So the accountability piece really comes with aligning with your intentions. And I think that's the place where you spoke about your show being intentional. You, you show up for it. You do the things for it. You've created this amazing platform. And so it's the intention that really drives your accountability. And I think that was what I discovered when I was working with a group started um, a couple of years ago with one-on-one -on -one accountability. So every morning at 5.30, I called someone, called my client and said, what's your intentions for today? What'd you do well yesterday? What are you going to do today? And then they knew they told me what they wanted to do. And then that was that accountability piece, but it had to be what was their intention first. And that's the place where self-sabotaging is when you set those false intentions. I'm going to run three miles starting tomorrow. That's not going to happen. That's a false intention. The intention is I'm going to consider starting to run. Like it's not even a have to, right? I'm going to consider it doesn't mean I'm going to do it. And that's the other thing, navigating the conscious language when you're, when you're saying the things that you want to do or create in your life. So that's what, what I experienced with you in that short moment, that text that came through, it was like, I, and, and I disconnected from it too. So that's the other piece of it was I, I didn't get mad. I didn't get angry. I didn't say no. I just say, I just had to feel into, well, where am I at in this process? Well, I've already told my peeps. I've already sent it out. I've already publicized it. I, and, and I really don't have time in my schedule today. So, but the energies worked together that we both could hold each other accountable and then show up like this. So it, it's really magic in some ways. Yeah. And when I sent the text, I knew, I knew I was like, there's no way I'm missing today's show. I can't like, I've had people last minute. I had one, one person last minute, literally as we're about to hit the live cancel. And um, it was horrible for me absolutely like I understand it I'm don't get me wrong I was livid absolutely livid but at the same time it was okay <laughs> like just yeah. deep breaths deep breaths right yeah. um but even still yeah it is holding yourself accountable right I decided that I was going to show up five days a week and as of today I'm now showing up multiple times a day doing episodes so mm. excuse me um so of course it's holding yourself accountable i have accountability isn't just you know the mind the mindset either sorry i get the hiccups and i yeah anyway. <laughs> i love it <laughs> uh, i i it's not just setting the mindset of oh, i'm gonna hold myself accountable it's knowing when you're not right it's knowing to catch yourself when you're not doing. So I've been really stressed the past week. Um, I'm a mindset expert, so I'm an identity coach. I focus every one of my businesses, even the show, I focus on mindset. And so I know when I'm starting to act a certain way. And over the last week, I've been really stressed out. There's been a few things in the background going out with other people, with myself, with health, all of that. Um, and so I've been really stressed. And my body's been telling me I'm stressed. I haven't been able to sleep. I probably went to bed at 2, 3 a.m. last night and the night before. Um, it just lots of stuff going on in the past few days. And I'm sitting there and I'm, and I'm avoiding talking to my husband because normally he has a reaction that I don't like when I talk to him about things that stress me out, uh, specific mm -hmm. things. So I'm like, lying in bed last night. And I'm just like, I, I've been in tears. I've been on the verge of tears for the past week. So again, holding yourself accountable, right? What I normally do is when I'm feeling that stress, I'll end up lying in bed, reading, binge watching shows, instead of doing the things I need to do to progress, right? Mm -hmm. I get overwhelmed, I get stuck, and then I don't want to do stuff. But that's different now. I've learned how to control that. And so accountability I noticed yesterday, I'm like, okay, I, I can't stay this way. This is starting to affect my business. It's starting to affect my, my relationships. It's starting to affect, you know, my personal health. 
And so I was lying in bed last night and I rolled over and I said, I, I've not, I haven't been truthful with you. And that's how I started it, right? I haven't been truthful with you. Now, neither one of us worry about cheating or anything like that. So when I said that, he's like, okay, she's, she's not good. (laughs) So, and he listened. And Mm. in the midst of that, when I expressed everything that was bothering me, he turned around and he said, you know what? Like, he said, "I'm, I'm shocked with myself. And I said, well, why? And he said, because instead of reacting the way that I normally would react, I didn't react. I responded, right? I thought to myself, this isn't what she needs. She needs me to understand and support her right now and just listen and just take care of her because she's not taking care of herself. And I was, I was speechless. Like I could have cried at my eyes at last. I was speechless because I saw that I was self-sabotaging myself. He saw that I was self-sabotaging myself and we both held me accountable for that. And it was amazing. Yeah. It's so awesome when your spouse, even my boys, they, they hear what we're saying and we, they think, we think that they're not, and then they actually have the tools to support us. So when that happens, that's when it becomes really incredible relationships, because then, like you said, he knew not to respond. He knew what to give you in that moment. And so the, the thing that I always think about is we're so heavy on, we have to do the things It's a to-do list that has to be checked off and, and scored in a sense. But I teach people, it's a choice list. You have a choice, whether you do the laundry today, tomorrow, next week, it's, it's all those choices that feel better. If I choose to sleep in, or if I choose to binge watch TV, if I choose that, it's so much easier because then you can roll it into Mel Robbins, five, four, three, two, one, and be like, but I really got to get that laundry done. Five, four, three, two, one, go do the laundry, right? It's, it's all about you even finding tools inside of you to hold yourself accountable. And they always talk about like with little kids, you can, you know, choose to brush your teeth now, or you can choose to brush your teeth before you go to bed. Like there's always these choices, but as adults, we forget that it becomes heavy. It's a to-do. If I don't do it, I failed. If I do it wrong, I failed. If I don't even follow through, who am I? Who do I think I am? Then the ego gets in the way. And then I'm not enough gets in the way. And so that's that self-sabotaging is that voice in the back that's running the tapes from way back when you were younger that a parent said, or a teacher said, or you know, a significant other at some point. And that's the place where we can break that. We can interrupt that cycle. And I hope today's show, if people are listening, will hear that and how you navigated this morning, feeling like you weren't gonna be well enough to do this. And then it, the experience you had with your husband to be able to articulate to him without that fear of him going, what's wrong with you? Knock it off. You know, like that's sometimes the fear because that's probably what a parent or someone else said at some point. So we alchemize the situation by being our authentic self. And you just had a show on about that, about authenticity, right? Our authentic selves. When we can really align to that, then the accountability for our self-accountability becomes stronger. And then again, like I said, those intentions, the intention you have in telling your husband is you needed someone else to feel you. And what a better person than him to feel you. He's known you longer than most. So it's like the intention was for you. Maybe you didn't know it consciously, but unconsciously, that's what you were seeking. You just needed to be heard and seen and, and respected in some ways that the shit's real. I'm not making it up. I feel really bad. All this is going on. My world's imploding. You know, my mom died May the 14th. So that's just been a few weeks ago. And you talk about trying to navigate those kind of situations, holding myself accountable to show up online and do the things and work with my clients. You know, I had to make those choices. Some, some things got canceled. Some, some things didn't happen. But now it's, it's growing through that grief and getting beyond that in a sense of, I'm still here. There's still work to be done yep. and calling in that support. And that's, and that's so important, right? We, but in, in your situation where you just mentioned some stuff did get done and some stuff didn't, give yourself grace, right? We all need to give ourselves grace. The difference between self-sabotage and knowing that you need a break or knowing that you need time just to be is a huge difference. If you are, if you have two choices in front of you, um, let's say you've got website edits because I've got a ton of them. Um, If you've got website edits to do and you're not feeling good or something's going on in your life and you say, you know what, I just need some downtime. It's not the end of the world if they don't get changed right now. I'm gonna put that, I'm gonna put this till, till tomorrow. Mm -hmm. right and giving yourself grace and saying it's okay 
But if you have website edits to do or whatever to do on your to-do list and you go and you don't even make that choice, you don't make that choice. You just don't do it. And you go do binge watch TV or read or whatever it is that you do, because that's what I do. Um, That's self-sabotage because you are still not making a choice is still making a choice. You're Mm -hmm. just not owning that choice, Mm -hmm. right? That is a huge difference between self-sabotage and making the choice to give yourself some grace and say, I don't have to do this today. I have a choice and making that choice, consciously making that choice, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Saying that you can't do something is making a choice. It's, you know, it's not, that's not even giving yourself grace. That's saying I can't when, what if you could? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and the forms of self-sabotaging become like friend or foe in some places it will support you. It will be okay. And maybe not labeled as self-sabotage, but in others, we can use that kind of like with diets. Like if you're dieting and you self-sabotage because you ate the chocolate cake instead of the salad, you know, that's a, that is like you said, a conscious decision for me to do one over the other. But at the same time, if I can get back to the next day of choosing the salad over the cake, five out of six times, then I'm doing okay. So it's almost like a, a practice that you develop over time. Again, with that choice list versus the to-do list. If I choose to do it today, I'm going to do it, but I may not do it this morning. I may do it in the evening. You know, it, it's just really just, it's, it's kind of the word, the term that's come up is mind fuckery. Cause sometimes we just get too much going on and too many choices. You could say trickery if you don't want to say the other word, but you know, it's just like, that's where getting and you coach clients, I coach clients, when we can get them to just pause and ground themselves and be like, what do I really want? What really brings me joy? And what can I delegate? And what can I be excited to do? And what needs to be done? It's just really giving yourself permission. It's that accountability, but you give yourself the permission. If you're doing web edits all day long and you could hire someone for 20 bucks an hour to do that, that would probably be in your best interest because then you can work from your zone of genius, like in the big leap versus your zone of excellence. But we have a hard time delegating because it seems like, well, I could just get it done faster. So it's all of that talk that goes on, but it's making those solid decisions in, is it my friend or foe? Which one am I really going to lean towards? If I consider it self-sabotage, what can I do to now let go of self-sabotage and make self-decisions that allows me to grow as an individual, allows me to be the best I can be and be able to hold myself accountable because then I wake up every day going, this is who I am and this is what I do unapologetically. Yep. And and that's what we need to be doing. So many, I like how you talked about the, the mind fuckery um, <laughs> because it is true. We do, it's not just the thoughts though, it's the emotions. Um, I coined the term many years ago that your emotions create your reality, but your mindset creates your emotions, right? Mm -hmm. If you believe anything about yourself, you're going to emotionally react to it. When it's triggered, you react to it, right? And then you do or create things based on that emotional place. You're not Mm -hmm. even thinking about the thought. You're just doing, you're reacting based on the emotion right? Because reaction versus response. A reaction is an emotional reaction to something. You are not Mm -hmm. logically having any kind of part in that. You are just acting on emotion. Where a a response is when you logically think of something. You can still have the emotion underneath that, but you're Mm -hmm. not acting from the emotion. You're acting from logisticals, right? Where, you know, if you get into an argument with somebody, If my instant reaction, because I'm angry, is to smack them or throat punch them, because I'm in Winnipeg and that's what we tend to do. Um, If I throat punch somebody, I'm reacting out of an emotional place. But if I sit back, even angry, if I know how to control my emotions so that they're not controlling me, and I sit back and I go, okay, why is this person doing this? Do I need to, to hit them? Like, do they need that lesson? Or can, can I maybe just discuss with them that I'm not dealing with this and that they need to walk away before I do do something that they're not going to like, right? Um, and that's the difference between the reaction versus the response. And 
whether it's business relationships or even your inner dialogue with yourself, you're reacting a lot of the time. Most people don't know how to change from reaction to response. And for every one of my own clients in every one of my businesses, because I do have six, um, the first thing we do is remove the emotion. Now, I'm not saying you can't be emotional. I'm not saying that you can't be traumatized and you can't feel hurt and you can't feel anger. You are, I encourage people to absolutely feel into their emotion, but learn how to control them. Learn how to control them, learn how to remove them and then learn what they mean right? Self-sabotage, not feeling worthy, feeling like an imposter, feeling like um, people are on you all the time. There are lessons in that. Speaking of being called out, there are so many people who are cold DMing. I had to block somebody today. Would you mind if I FaceTimed you? Like, no. It was a dude who (laughs) thought I was beautiful and, and wanted my attention, but I'm very, very happily married and that's a hell no. Um, especially when it's like the first five messages, but anyway, at the same time, it's like, where's your, where's your value at? Mm -hmm. Right. And I didn't get mad at him. I didn't curse at him. I didn't, you know, express any anger. I just, nope, not interested. And that was the end of it. Right. Um, holding yourself accountable in your business. And, you know, I've, I've called people out online. I'm not going to lie. I have not individually and not by name, but I've posted, I've, I posted a few years ago, stop right there. You're being cringy. Stop cold messaging people. Just stop hard stop. Right. And it was one of the things that I questioned is if I'm so busy or if you're so busy, because it's, it's a lot of coaches and BAs and all of that. If you're so busy, how do you have time to cold call me? Mm -hmm. How do you have time to cold message me? Right. That's Mm -hmm. my thought process. Now, am I absolutely angry or, or shaming them? Absolutely not. I am busy as hell and I still have time to message people because that's part of my business, right? That's, I'm getting messages through the roof of, I want to be on your show. I'm going to be on your podcast. Can we, can we talk? Absolutely not a problem, but I'm not calling them out. Right. Right. But when you are called out online, there's a reason it's either somebody else is feeling triggered by something you've said, something you've did, but that's on them. Mm-hmm. But again, it, it, it when you're being called out, I suggest you question yourself and go, is it something that I'm doing? Is it something that I'm intentionally doing that's hurting other people? Is it what's, what's my intention behind it? Can I do it differently? Right. Um, if, if you and I were sitting here and you said, you know, uh, Melissa, you look horrible or whatever. Right. I'd be like, Okay. They probably do because I'm not feeling good. So I probably do. I don't think I look bad, but I probably do. But at the same time, I could react and go, that was really mean. Like you just hurt my feelings. Why? Right. Mm -hmm. The way I take it doesn't reflect the way you mean it. Right. Right. And self-sabotage being called out doesn't always reflect your intention or the other person's intention. Right. Right. I used to, um, when people would say, well, you look tired. I hated that. I I immediately went, I'm not tired. I've had enough sleep. Like that feeling of why are you saying that to me? And, and, and again, wanting to argue the point, but over time learning that, you know, maybe I do look tired. They think I looked, maybe they're tired. Maybe they're feeling tired and they just projected it onto me because they feel tired. And it's the same thing, the match energy or even the mirroring of someone will project onto you what they need to mirror back to themselves. And that to me was a huge awareness because even with family, oftentimes that's where that comes into play is there, you know, if you're successful and they're not, then, you know, their projection may look different and, you know, wow, you work your butt off to be successful. And it's like, well, look in the mirror. If you worked your butt off, you could be successful too, right? Like give your own message back to yourself. And one of the things I did learn um, when you get called out on your shit, oftentimes 
it's the messenger, not the person. And that was a big thing for me. I had to understand that it took me some while because I got caught out, called out on like my excessive drinking and my behavior. And somebody's like, you know, who do you think you are? And you shouldn't be doing that. And what do people think? And, you know, and, and really was in my service because the drinking had taken hold. It would, it was becoming a daily thing. I was just, you know, flitting around like nobody cares. I was spending money. I was making poor choices. You know, it was like, so when that person said it, it, it really hit me. And like, who do you, you know, like I wanted to attack and I did, but then over time I was like, God, that was the messenger. Had they never said that to me, it wouldn't have changed the trajectory of what I did with releasing the alcohol addiction for a period of time, getting back into my own awareness of how I was treating my body and what I was doing and saying how I was running my business, like shooting from the hip rather than, you know, strategically growing um, my business. That's back when we owned and operated the golf courses. So, I mean, it's a party at the golf course all the time. So I thought that's just what I should do as a business owner. But after I did all that, then I started teaching women the game of golf and find your own drive and look at that would have never happened had I kept the behavior that I was doing, let alone, I might've killed myself at some point because I was probably driving when I shouldn't have been driving. Well, I know I was. <laughs> So it's, it really is, I think when we can start diluting instead of reacting, like you were saying, when we can hear the information and dilute it, like, is that true for me? Is that a truth for them? Do I have to believe that to be true? Or can I just smile and nod my head and say, that's interesting. And that has been one of the power words for me is that's interesting that you would say that, or just interesting because it just lets go of the whole argument or the whole conversation. And then you can move into the next thing. Um, the other thing I wanted to share too, was, um, when you're in confrontation or not even confrontation in a conversation with someone, you know, that person that just goes on and on. And you're just like, I've heard this story a hundred times. If you're miserable, get out of the situation. And you know, whatever you say, they're not going to hear. So I learned from one of my coaches is to look at the person and in your head, be like, she is so cute. telling that story for the hundredth time, or look at her feeling so grounded in what her story is. And then your mind gets off of what she's saying or he's saying and doesn't cause that reactor to come into play, like wanting to react to it. You just get to, and then when they're done, you're like, I hear you. Cause that's all you, that's all they wanted to be done. They just want to know that you heard them. Yep. So those are some things that again, with, you know, not just the accountability or self-sabotage, it's just aligning that frequency, the vibration that you're on, you're going to attract, attract, like attracts like. So we want to move up the vibration. So we get that better feel those deeper conversations, those encouragements, those ways that make us feel good and, and not have to always be self defending, you know, defending ourselves and, and things. Absolutely. Did you want to share some of your story? Sure. Um, you know, it just growing, growing a business takes a lot of work, right? Um, when I was 30, I was ready to do, you know, in my life, but not in the sense that most would think it was just, I, I married my high school sweetheart. I have two kids. We have a house you know, it's like, is this it? So I'm like, I'm done with this. So I must need to divorce this guy, my husband. And, and I told him that, but it didn't feel right. And I really wasn't sure how it was going to play out. And I didn't care, but I just knew it had to be said. Interesting enough, a week later, my friend calls me and says, she's going back to school to get her teaching degree. And I was working in the school system at the time as a secretary. And I'm like, oh my God, that's what I want. I want a degree, not a divorce. <laughs> so I pursued that, got it, started teaching at the high school level, loving it, uh, taught all things technology. And then we got the opportunity to own and operate a golf course. And then we bought a second one. So I quit teaching so I could go into that. Now, when I was a teacher, my sons used to joke about <laughs> me coming home at two 33 o'clock and cracking the, cracking the bottle open up the beer. Right. So I did drink when I was a teacher in the sense of, I would come home and have a couple of beers every night. Cause it just was what I, I needed. And that's what I was familiar with. That's what my family did. Um, so then when I moved into the golf course setting, it was like, Oh, golf outings start at eight 30 in the morning. So you get to start drinking at eight 30 in the morning. There's no judgment. Nobody's judging that. So let's do that. And it just became one of those things that the success of owning and operating these businesses, which was my dream, I thought it was going to be in New York and the high rise and, you know, being a, an executive or a vice president, 
but here I am in this uh, setting of the golf course and the success was coming. The opportunities were showing up. I was a part of a lot of things, being able to travel, being able to golf at other golf courses and tournaments, but I was finding that the addiction, the hold of that was the alcohol to what I refer to as numbing out because it was a feeling of so much good and abundance. I wasn't ready for that. I didn't have the capacity to hold that. And then the old stories that played in my, my background from my parents and stuff, my dad wasn't a fan of wealthy people. He thought the rich got richer and the poor got poor and they wasn't, you know, giving us any opportunities and his uh, sister married into wealth. And so he didn't like that, you know? So it was like, I didn't recognize those things were showing up and debt is bad. And, you know, so all of that became my, my feelings of, I needed to, you know, drink just to go numb and unconscious to what the experience of feeling. And, and that's the thing we can do it in, in any things we can smoke, we can shop, we can, you know, do other things. It doesn't have to just be drinking. So your listeners, you know, reminding you if there's something that you find oversleeping or sleeping in or binge watching, those are all forms of numbing out what you really don't want to put a light on what you really don't want to own up to. Mm-hmm. And so that's where, you know, the realization of my experience was, this is not who I want to be. This is not who I set out to be. I didn't come to have this experience on earth to fuck it up like that. Right. That was not who I was supposed to be. And again, that person calls me out on my, you know, behavior and my actions and and everything. And it became like, wow, this has got to change. And it took work, but not, and I'd worked with coaches prior. So I kind of had a baseline. And I think that's what pulled me up out of it was knowing that I had the support of others that could help me navigate now what I didn't understand to now I fully understand. And then the behaviors will change in the direction. I raised my vibration. I got a better focus. I started understanding. And then I was able to release that alcohol, giving myself permission to say, what if you didn't drink for a month? What would that look like? And then that's how it all started. And, but, but again, it's not easy. I'm not saying it was easy, but it's doable if you align yourself with the support changing any habits is doable it's it's hard at first because it's it's comfortable in the normal right we're comfortable in the normal and i love that you highlighted the numbing agents there are so many things we do i don't know how many people i've talked to about that i just talked to somebody the other day um about numbing just the numbing effects of drugs, alcohol, abuse, depression. Um, We abuse ourselves so much with addiction and it causes a lot of, a lot of future issues, right? A lot of those issues going, oh, I, I can't do this, or I can do this, or I'm not feeling this, or when we don't have coping mechanisms or coping skills, or if we are dealing with a lot of those thought processes, right? I grew up in two completely different sides of a family, one that was well off, one that wasn't well off. And I found that the well off family was both of them had their issues. So bear with me. But one side of my family was very snobbish, very higher than thou, very, um, you know, my shit don't stink. And it was the wealthy side. And they had no tolerance. They had no empathy, no sympathy, no forgiveness um, for anybody. And I grew up believing that anybody who had money or dressed a certain way or looked a certain way or behaved a certain way were, were, were snobs and just not, not good people, right? Um, and so growing up and, and having money and, and bringing money into it, it was just like, you know, do I want to be that person? And trying to cope with those feelings and trying to understand those feelings, it takes a lot of work. And not a lot of people know how to uncover the fact that one, they're numbing. And two, what exactly am I numbing? Yes, yes, that that is. I mean, look at, um, what is that? The gnome, um, is it gnome, noon? That diet program where they're yeah. working on your, your backstory. And one of them is like, you always, as a child, you had to clean your plate. And so then as an adult, the theory is I have to clean my plate because that's what I was programmed to believe to be true. So even though you're, you're cleaning your plate, every time you eat, even though you're full, 
if you don't recognize that's a pattern that you were trained to believe, you get to let that go. You get to sever those ties and be able to have a new story that says I can eat till I'm full and be done. But we, there's just so much of that, that we don't realize plays, like I said, in the background for us to, like you said, find out what is the root cause of it. And there's, there's a lot of root causes and the older you get, the more you discover, <laughs> the more you find that, you know, and, and living back there in those stories doesn't serve anyone. And I think that's the other part is we, like you were saying, we feel comfortable in things. So that's why we do it. If, if you're around people that are drinking and you're a drinker, you probably drink more than if you were the only one drinking and no one else was right. You may not drink at all or smoking cigarettes or, you know, doing whatever, like it, it's those things you associate with the, the environment you're in. It's being that, that person like I did that stood up and said, I gotta, I gotta cut this shit out because I'm not doing it anymore. This is not who I want to be. I'm just falling in to the cycle, to the system of what is believed to be true or what I thought the expectations for me was. And it, it takes a lot to be able to say, I'm done. I'm ready to move forward. But it really starts way back when you, you know, what is it like between the ages of four and eight, you really get some major life event or programming that happens that alters, you know, the rest of your life. I see this all the time with my clients. We usually can see the goal. I call it a gold thread that has just weaved in and out of their life. I have a lot of money. I have no money. I have no credit card debt. I have a lot of credit card debt, you know, something like that, which in my example was, you know, my mom used a credit card. Dad didn't know about it. Dad hated credit cards. You shouldn't have them. She would sneak and pay it. He didn't know she'd figure it out. And then one day he got the mail and there was the credit card bill and the roof went off the house. He was livid. And so as a small child, that was scary because I didn't know what they were fighting about or, you know, why that happened the way it did. And then, but it was programmed in there. And so what was my story? I would get credit card. I would run a debt up. And then I tell my husband, um, I need some money but I don't want to tell you what it's for, or how much I need. Cause it was like, I, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's the pattern. I'm following that same pattern. And so fortunately after a few times, <laughs> and that was back in my teenage years, early twenties, like after, after a while, I figured it out like, oh, wait a minute. It doesn't have to be like that. Yep, I don't have and then to make do. that conscious decision. And yeah. we do quite often tend to fall into our parents' patterns, yeah. right? It, it becomes a, and, and it's just conditioning. That's, that's really all it is. A lot of the things that people struggle with in adulthood are conditioning. And it's not a fault of theirs. It's not a fault of their parents or a fault of anybody's. But trauma and conditioning as an adult, we haven't processed those. We haven't said, okay, what are my beliefs? What do I believe about myself? What do I believe about my spirituality, my romantic relationships, my family, my friendships, my career or business and my finances, right? Our seven mindset pillars. Mm -hmm. um, what do I believe in these systems or these pillars and how do, how do I make decisions based on that, right? And again, it comes down to accountability of what do I believe? Is this something that feels right for me now? Because a lot of the times we will create beliefs that are, that are put into place to protect us, right? Mm -hmm. You create a belief to protect yourself or because it's been conditioned or something you've seen. And then like you not telling your husband about the credit card, right? It's, it's a protection. You, you've mm -hmm. created a protection. But once you get to a certain age, you don't need that protection anymore because you've grown, you're smarter, you're in a different place, you're in a different mindset those beliefs now cause issues, right? Mm -hmm. They now cause this negative cycle of every couple of months going, I did it again. And then it's a fight, right? I did it again. And then it's like, I can't trust you at this point, right? And it's, mm -hmm. it's this vicious cycle. And then we hold ourselves accountable for that, but in not in a healthy way. There's a healthy way of holding yourself accountable and an unhealthy way of holding yourself accountable. So if you hold yourself accountable and say, you know, I really need to fix this. And as you're doing something, catching it, right? Mm -hmm. Number one, acknowledging that you have an issue, mm -hmm. right? Issues can be fixed. Mm -hmm. Number two, understanding what that issue is. Number three, how does it work for you? What, it, what exactly is that issue showing you that needs to change? Number four, knowing or deciding that you're going to change that, right? Mm -hmm. And then 
Number five is the accountability. As you're going to change that and you're making those decisions, if I decide to quit smoking and I go and have a cigarette, going, okay, I'm either going to catch myself just as I light that cigarette or I'm going to catch myself after I've lit that cigarette and I'm going to go, really shouldn't be doing this. And it's catching yourself, holding mm -hmm. yourself accountable in the moment. Now, but forgiving yourself mm. is huge, Yeah. right? Yeah. Instead of saying, oh, I've just ruined my entire plan to quit, say, well, I might as well have it. It's, I've already lit it and on to the next, right? On to the next, on to the next day that I can say no. Well, right, right. And, and I think that goes back into the intention part of it is, and, and your why, why am I even wanting to quit is going to be the driving force more so than the fact that you caught yourself. Um, the intention of not doing the thing or doing the thing, you know, and my intention is to exercise. That's every day. My intention is that, but I don't, I don't actually make it happen, even though I know the benefits of it. So I have to be gentle and give myself grace and go, you know, it's a choice that you're making right now, Melissa, you can either do it or not do it. And in 10 years, you're going to be like, eh, maybe I should have done that. So as I get older, I'm starting to recognize how I have my own conversation about what's, what's in service for me and what's in my best interest. But again, you know, derailing yourself happens all the time. And a lot of times it's because who we hang out with or who we're not hanging out with. When you bring um, your spouse into your life, you know, he's got his beliefs, you've got yours, you know, or even if you, you have a best friend, right? You're bringing in these beliefs from both sides and, and oftentimes they can be similar or they will be complete opposites. And I think when we can start seeing the value in that and respecting of, you know, well, how you did things versus how I did things, it's interesting to hear that our story, when they hear, it's like, really? And then we hear their story and go, really? Like it, it is all, it's all just bringing that cohesively together. We're all on this journey together. We're all players in everybody's game. And it, it's just really how we're going to navigate it to be in our favor. Um, you know, and, and there's that quote, um, what is it? It's, uh, it's motherfucking chess now, boys, no more checkers, you know, and it's kind of like, yeah, because now we're strategically as we get older, this feels good. This doesn't feel good. This is what I want. This is what I don't want. And focusing on the problem, you're going to get more of the problem. So how do you focus on the solution? And I think that's another part of that accountability. If you're constantly going to be banging yourself over the head for doing the things that you don't want in your life, you're going to keep getting that. It's just the law of attraction. So if I can focus on the solution of, I need to lose weight. If I exercise, that could be a solution, or maybe I don't eat as much. That's a solution. Not the fact that I didn't exercise and I ate the chocolate cake. It, it's more just reversing. That, right. Um, yeah. So I like to go back into that, the eating the chocolate, right? Eating the piece of cake. Why not? Right? Mm -hmm. Go back and change how you look at it. Yeah. Okay, I'm supposed to be on a diet, but I really want that chocolate cake. And then have the chocolate cake. Right? And understand, okay, I did it. Who cares? It's done. It's my body. I'm, you know, I can hold myself accountable. Great, but I'm not going to deprive myself just for this. Right? And again, like you said, it goes back to the why are you doing it? For sure. But when you are holding yourself accountable and making a change or making a plan to hold yourself accountable, like you said at the beginning of the video, is realistic expectations. If you say, I'm going to cut out all of this food and just eat healthy, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure, exactly. right? If you say, I'm going to quit smoking cold turkey, well, depending on who you are, you might be setting yourself up for failure. Mm -hmm. absolutely might you might need other things to occupy your time or you know the patch or you know medication or whatever it is to help you quit it's not you have to make sure that the way you're doing it works for you and business is like that too I just yeah. created a business called my biz fits me and I'm not promoting it but I just created it because I wanted something that says okay I'm great. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm in business. 
you're a business coach and I'm assuming you don't do this because you and I get along and not that I don't get along with coaches who do do this, but I've worked with coach after coach after coach and I have been not holding myself accountable. I have been not showing up, you know, making that, not making that choice is still making the choice. I've done that for the last, you know, four or five years of being in business because I didn't feel good about it. Mm -hmm. Right. I was trying to do everything everybody else's way and it didn't feel right for me. And so what I did is I created my businesses for me, for me, for the way that, and I do them the way that I want to do them. And I find I'm not making the excuses. I'm not putting things off or I'm not making the choice by not making the choice. I'm actually getting things done and I'm more focused than I've ever been, but the business coaches that I worked with was pick one thing, pick one thing, focus on one thing, pick one thing, focus on one thing. I have six businesses and I am cohesively running all six of them at the same time. They all interchange. They all go together in some way, shape or form, but it works for me. So holding yourself accountable to what you need, to what you want, to where you see yourself and to what feels feels good for you. I just bit my tongue. What what feels good for you? Because it's, you know, what works for me isn't going to work for you. And what works for Melissa, the other Melissa is, is not necessarily going to work for you. And that's the biggest reason I created my business coaching or my business mentoring even is because I wanted to make sure they're building it from themselves. Right. Yeah. Well, and that was the same thing on the golf course. So when I would take, so I was just teaching the workshop, just teaching them about golf in general, like how to score, what the clubs are, like not intending for them to play, just helping them to understand. Then someone said, well, can you teach me how to play? And I'm like, well, I'm kind of self-taught and I don't know. And I'm not, and they're like, no, I want to learn from you, not my significant other or husband. And I'm like, okay. So I started the program to find your own drive. They paid me to take them out on the golf course. And what I discovered was, that part about finding your own drive, meaning I would tell them, grab a hold of the club, hit the ball, make it go forward. And they're like, but how do I stand? And how do I this? And how, and I'm like, take the club, grab it and hit the ball and make it move forward. And in their mind, they were listening to what you have to stand this way and hold it this way and do that and all that. And it took, I mean, I had to break that for them to be able. So even if the club didn't go all the way up or the ball only went hundred yards in front of them, that was progress. They were finding their own self in this. And then how they were treating that little white ball was how they were treating themselves. And when they got in the weeds, they were pissed off because they didn't know how to get out of the weeds. And it's like, you just drop another ball. You know, it's like, it, it was such a, a big opening, eye-opening experience for me to yeah. really yeah. mirror that or see how I was that, but now I'm not. And now these women are getting giving themselves permission to do it. And then they would come on the weekends with their husbands or significant others, and they would be playing with their husbands in the weekend golf. And they, the husbands would tell me, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that she's able to come play with the, you know, I'm like, are you really? But for the weekend? Yeah, it was a fun thing. And so that's what I think what you were saying about the business, finding your business, you know, I, I, I get it. It's, it's internal. Everything you need to know is inside of you. It's you being able to say it and do it without feeling like you're not doing it like you're supposed to. And that ownness, owning your own, you know, self-worth, it starts there. And it's awkward before it's elegant. It, it's just taking that forward action. So when you have a thought, it creates a feeling and that feeling creates an action and then you get the results. It's really about just giving. And that's really what I hold my clients. You know, there's no necessary checklist. There are things that we check off and do and they need help with, but I want them to really own their business like a boss. I want them to be that badass business owner who has built their lighthouse in the bedrock and they're shining their light out so that they can attract in those clients who have been waiting for them to send, send up the flag and say, I'm open. Yep. Yeah, I absolutely. So good. That. You can yeah. tell I really, that's my, <laughs> that's my jam. Like, I just want everybody to just own your stuff, own it and be prideful of it. And if it doesn't work, try again, try something else. If you want to make cupcakes and you're making pies, quit making the damn pies and make the cupcakes. Like, stop it. <laughs> exactly. We, we have to hold ourselves accountable for the way that we express ourselves. 
Yes, and here I'm I'm going to give everybody watching or catching the replay, I'm gonna give you quite the nugget right now. Is it doesn't matter what your childhood was like, it doesn't matter what you were conditioned to do, it doesn't matter any of that. What matters is that you have a choice, a right, a responsibility, and the capability to express yourself in whatever way you see fit legally and morally <laughs> controlled, right? You don't Amen. need to walk in naked down the street, but <laughs> if you want to wear those tidy little shorts, you do it. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. But yeah, it is. We have the right, the responsibility, and the capability to express ourselves in whatever way we see fit. Our relationships are expressions of ourselves. Our businesses, our children at, at the beginning, right? Um, everything that we do has an expression of who we believe we are. And mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what anybody else says. Our expression is uniquely our own. It is our right and our responsibility to make sure that that happens. Hold mm -hmm. yourself accountable for that. If you are showing up in a way that doesn't feel good for you, that's you. That's mm -hmm. not anybody else. Yeah. I yeah. can lead a horse to water, but I cannot force it to drink. Exactly. And that is exactly the same. Every action, every word. If I turn around and somebody pisses me off and I throat punch them, I'm accountable for that. It doesn't matter what they said. It doesn't matter what they did. I'm still accountable mm -hmm. because right. I made the choice, whether conscious or subconscious, I make the choice. Accountability is a choice. Yeah. And I would add to that too. So those that are introverts and they really can't see beyond their current circumstances and situations, or they're not a leader by trade and they don't know how to do that. Follow the people that are already doing what you want to do, whether it's their podcast, whether it's live events, get in alignment, yes, with the individuals, because that's how you break out of that story. I'm an introvert. I'm not a leader. I don't even know how to start. But in your heart, you have a desire that's setting in there. And the only way that you're going to be able to get, not the only way, the best way to get that out would be for you to align yourself, have the conversations, do one-on-one -on -one coffees, have a, you know, a Zoom chat with them, but it, it really is a disservice is what I tell a lot of my clients. It's a disservice if you don't come here and do the thing that you really want to do. And time is of the essence, whether we like to think about it or not. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's the other thing is from the day we're born till the day we die, we are our only, and I mean only number one person yeah. there's nobody else is going to be with you from the day you're born to the day you die you are your own constant and i'll add to that you get out of bed in the morning i don't give a shit why you get out of bed in the morning and nobody else does you better know why you get out of bed in the morning because otherwise just stay in bed and that has been, again, for me personally on my journey, when I recognize that, when I say, thank you, I'm still here, I've got work to do. It's like, that is it. Nobody else cares. Just like owning our golf courses, none of our employees was going to be as passionate about that golf course and go above and beyond like we as the owners would do. And once I saw that, it's like, they're there to work, make a paycheck and go home. It's my responsibility as the leader to lift them up so they at least give a little bit of shit about things and do it in the right way. But for the most part, we, like you said, from the time we're born till we die, we are with ourselves all that time. So trying to love ourselves can be a challenge, but at least respect yourself enough that when you get out of bed in the morning, there's a purpose that you got out of bed and continue to fulfill that purpose by holding yourself accountable and getting that support that you need, because otherwise you're just another person on the planet. Even if your reason for getting out of bed is I got out of bed. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you that feel so down that you can't get out of bed, you're not alone. Yes. Watch my show. Make sure that you talk to all the people that we have on the show, because that is one of the main things that we like to highlight on the show is we are never alone. We're never truly alone. Mm-hmm.
right? Yeah. There are other people who may not have the exact same situations as you, may not have the exact same thoughts as you, but there are other people who have gone through similar experiences, similar mindsets, similar, you know, emotions. You are not alone. So reach out, make sure that you are getting help if you are, you know, struggling, whether that be yeah. for some, from somebody like Melissa, myself, you know, anybody, find somebody to help you dig your way out of the, the weeds and help you drop that ball. <laughs> That's right. That's why you have more than one ball in your bag. So take advantage of having more than one ball in your bag and drop it. Don't try to get in the weeds and try to find it by yourself or borrow a ball from somebody, right? It's, it's giving again, back to that permission and, you know, discovery calls. Most of us all do that. I have a, you can book a call on my website just to have a conversation because sometimes we don't know what we need, but you have to go through the interview process yourself. You have to keep finding, you know, who is it's going to support me in this situation and, you know, take advantage of those. I can remember doing that way back when I first started, you know, hiring coaches, I wanted to, you know, talk to them just to see if, were we a fit? Did we align? Are they on the same path? Can they really help me? Um, and, and don't get in the story where you invested in it didn't work. That's on you. You, you hiring the coach was on you. And if you didn't follow through or hold yourself accountable to do the work, that's on you. Again, my own personal journey. I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on things thinking it was going to fix all of it. And it was me not showing up and doing the work because I was trying to be in the cookie cutter game of what they were doing. I should be able to do too. Until I said, you know what? Everything I need to know is inside of me. I just need someone to help keep me putting it out there, putting it out there, holding me accountable, allowing me to set those intentions. And if I screwed up, I screwed up. But if I do good, I'm celebrating that too. And they celebrated with me. Yep. Not only that as well, but sometimes I've had mentors and coaches myself who it didn't work. One, I didn't hold myself accountable, but two, they actually taught me what I don't want and what I don't yeah. want to do and what I don't want to be. Anything that's a failure is teaching you what you don't want. It's yes. teaching you how not to do things, right? If your instinct right. or your gut is telling you, I have to do it this way, or you feel really called to do something some way, whether it be relationship, business, whatever, any life event, and you say, I want to have it this way, and it doesn't work out that way, that's not a failure. That's you learning that it doesn't work for you that way. Take yeah. it as a learning experience. It's not a failure. It's not a loss. It's not a, you know, any negative can be changed into a positive growth or um, what do I say? Uh, negativity is the catalyst to positive growth. Yeah, it is, right? Because you wouldn't know to change something if you didn't, have if you didn't experience that. Yes, yes. Absolutely. I agree with that. And sometimes the lesson or message comes years later too, that it relates to something. I went to Peru in 2017, did a spiritual journey, did the ayahuasca, all the things. Right. And I come home thinking like, eh, I just went to Peru. I went to Machu Picchu, you know, like I just, I just blew it off. Like, yeah, I didn't have this big change or anything, but really I did. But it was years later that it just kept showing, you know, it was like, oh, oh, you know, it, I, I started allowing it in. I started allowing what I experienced there to be in front of me versus thinking, oh, that was just wasted money and a wasted trip again. You know, it was like I, I had to process it in a way that then it started showing evidence. So that's the other thing, too. I think we forget that, you know look how we reflect back on being a, in school, right? We take those school memories now and they're the best things ever. I wish I were back in school for some people, but you know, at the time we're like, I can't wait to get out of school. I hate doing this and hate that. And, but then we use those tools, maybe not algebra, but we do use math, <laughs> but it, it's, you see what I mean? That correlation between what we think we don't want, but then at the same time we're using it. We just don't recognize it as the form when we originally were taught. And so like that negative, what came out of a negative situation, really what you just said over time, it becomes that positive. And you have to let the story go of I invested too much, or I did the wrong thing, or I said the wrong thing. It's like, that's the back always forward, never back. My, my children this year are eight, 13, 18 and 20. And I look at the, the older three and I'm just like, that's my favorite time. That's my favorite time. I had a shitty experience 
And I was all over the place. I was doing things I shouldn't have done. I was, I was free. Like it was, I was done, but I look back and it was one of my favorite times of my life because I was, I was learning who I was, right? I was truly learning who I was. Did I put myself in horrible situations? Absolutely. I did. And I will eventually go into all the details of my, of my, uh, youth and (laughs) fun times, but I look at my sons and, and it's like, um, the freedom, right? I have four children and I don't have that freedom. I haven't had that freedom since I was 19. And mm. when I had my oldest and now I sit here and I'm just like, enjoy it. Just, just enjoy it. This is the greatest time right now. It, like it, it does. I, I enjoy my life all the time. I love my husband. I love my children, but it's different when it's just you, when you're and I think that's the key to it. Actually, that is. And look at me having epiphanies in the middle of an episode. <laughs> the reason I say that's my favorite time is because it was all about me. Mm-hmm. Right? I didn't have a partner to deal or to worry about. I didn't have children. I didn't have r- rule responsibilities and rules other than just being me. Yeah. And that's an amazing time of your life is being free and having that freedom. Now, do I get it now? Absolutely. But I make sure that I get it now. There Mm -hmm. are, you know, both my daughters are at school, my older two are working, my husband's at work. So I'm home. (laughs) I'm just like doing my thing. Right. I can lie down and nap. I can blare the music (laughs) and have dance parties. I can have friends Mm -hmm. over if they're not at work. Like, I, I'm, you know, I can make it so that I'm back in those teen moments where I'm mm-hmm. having fun and I'm doing my thing and, you, but you have to take accountability and make the choice to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Think about, yeah. and, and just like I just did, and like, I just had that epiphany. Think about your favorite times in life. Mm-hmm. How can you recreate that? Mm-hmm. It's not going to be the same, but how can you recreate it? How can you think what was so great about that time frame? What mm-hmm. did I love about it? Now this revolves around relationships, business. Sorry. I don't know if you heard the honking. I did. Um, <laughs> normally you guys can't hear it, which is great. I don't always oh, honking at kids. Okay. Um, so, mm-hmm. but finding it and recreating it and knowing why it matters to you and having that epiphany of what was so great then that I'm missing now Mm -hmm. and recreate it right work it in right that's exactly I love that yeah so good good stuff (laughs) all right is there anything you'd like to add before we get going Well, I, you know, if people have made it this far in the conversation, which I trust that they have to re-listen, because oftentimes we listen to something once and the second time around, we hear more of the gold nuggets that come out of that, being able to have a conversation to find what it is that you need and and looking for to really grow yourself, your business, your life, your relationships, Um, just giving you, those of you who are watching permission to really Get serious about this. Find the things that bring you joy. Quit telling the stories of the past. Don't let people trigger you. And then start a daily intention. When you wake up, what's your intention for today? Maybe it's just to feel good. Maybe it's to get the laundry done. I don't know, but it's about you setting an intention. And at the end of the night, you can say, I fulfilled. I did what I said I was going to do, that one small thing. And, you know, it's really where you're going to start finding your own stability and trusting your decisions and what it is you want to create for your business, your life, your relationships, and just keep shining. Just keep knowing that it's you, it's time for you to get in the game and start playing, but find that support, have the accountability and just trust that everything is, is going to work out in your highest and best good. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, all right. Just a family as I start to stretch because I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for showing up. Absolutely. No, I had to, I had to hold myself accountable. Perfect. Yes, it was perfect. I love that. 
Thank you so much, Melissa, for joining me on today's episode. I really appreciated it. And for holding me accountable as well to show up because I definitely needed to. It was my pleasure. And thank you for opening the space for others to hear these really great messages that are coming through with the guests that you have on the show. Thank you. I love it when people see the value of the show. It's, it means a lot to me. It really does because that's exactly what I want to create is a safe space for people to just be. Um, all right, just a family. So today's episode has been sponsored by Melissa Kirkpatrick, business coach, which happens to be our guest. If you would like to connect with her, do so. Her links are in the description. If you'd like to connect with me, you can do so as well. Um, but Melissa is also offering her number one secret to go growing to five figure months and her three ways to achieve that. So go and check that out. Link in the description, download that off of the description of this video. Um, today's episode is, has been amazing. I hope that all of you have found value in it. If you would like to be a guest host, a sponsor, or if you'd like to see it, a topic featured on the show, maybe something that you're dealing with or that you're feeling alone with, please reach out. You can do so privately on Facebook, Messenger, everywhere, even email to me through the website at justalivetv.com. Sign up for our newsletter to see what's upcoming. We do have many episodes launching this weekend, which I'm very excited for. And yeah, just connect, share Find us on our socials, Just Alive TV. We're across the majority of our social media platforms. Go like and follow and give us a share because we need to get higher numbers. And again, I love you all. Just remember that you have to hold yourself accountable. Your triggers are your own. Your choices are your own. And not making a choice is making a choice. Yes. All right. Thank you again, Melissa. And you're welcome for all of you. I will see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.